When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Punk Rock and Beer Podcast. First, I wanted to talk about a podcast from my friend Andrew that you might like called Where Are All My Friends? It is a music and business podcast that focuses on the risky yet rewarding come up of stories of people in the industry, ranging from artists, managers, ARs, creatives, and all things in between. It's a chance to hear firsthand stories and learn important lessons from the journeys of the most inspiring people Andrew can find. So basically, if you like the kind of conversations that I have on this show, then I think you'll like his show too. The goal is to inspire the next generation of artists, creatives, and industry to chase their passion and successfully accomplish their goals. Andrew got his start in music in 2008 by tour managing bands, then worked at record labels and management companies, and now he is full-time podcasting. Some of the guests that you may recognize or be interested in would be Alex and Neil from A Day to Remember, Misha from Periphery, Savage Gasp, Fatsy, also my friend Johnny Minardi, Kevin Lyman, Colin Britton, and me. I have been on the show. I had a super good time on there, so you should check that one out, if nothing else. What I really like about the show is just that Andrew gets into a lot of the stuff I'm really passionate about as far as like mindset and controlling your own psychology and that kind of thing. So if you like that aspect of this show, then I definitely think you should check out Where Are All My Friends. So if you want to do that, click the link in the show notes. Go to whereareallmyfriends.com or search for Where Are All My Friends wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Memorial Day weekend, everybody. What's everybody up to? Hi. We just made a terrible mistake. Yeah, I led us astray. I wanted to try a new restaurant today, and that backfired, unfortunately. I am the kind of person, I say, why in the world would you try something new when you already know that you have something that you like? Why would you do that? Yeah, you're not one for change, I would no. say. So you would always go towards the consistent thing, and I... I tend to not like change either, but sometimes I'm kind of like curious about like cute little new restaurants and stuff like that. So there's a new restaurant that opened up down the street. So we just walked there, which was really cool. But unfortunately, it was too expensive for what it was. Yeah, we got nachos. Loaded nachos. Yes. And loaded nachos. And uh, we got the meatball sliders. Yes. And it was like, yes, risk aversion. It was like fucking with tax and tip. How much do you guys think it was? I will tell you, it was fucking $48. Wow. Yes. Translation, that's fucking expensive. 48 fucking dollars for two appetizers, basically, and two Diet Cokes. Yeah. Yeah, it was a brewery kind of place, and granted, we do not really drink beer, so if we probably, I think we may have changed our tune if we actually had the beer and, like, came for what was intended right. for this place. Are bad, but like, come on now. You know what I mean? Come on now. I'm just saying, don't try new things. Stick with what works. 
I know. I had the option of going to Cold Stone earlier today, mm-hmm. but I didn't want to waste my treat on... Well, not waste. Cold Stone is never a waste. Don't get it twisted. No. But I feel like I just wasn't really... On the one hand, I am craving something sweet, but on the other hand, I was just like, you know what? I want to go down the street and try something new. Gastropub, exactly. Yes, and I'll have to look at Yelp, but it probably says American parentheses new. Exactly. That's how you know (laughs) the shit's going to be fucking expensive. Yeah, that's how I know it's going to be like maybe the inside's going to look nice because, you know, we care a lot about ambiance. But no to new, yes to old. Exactly. Yes to see, old, honey. Can't you read? See, Brianna's right. Yes. Yeah, American parentheses new means that the interior will be nice, the food's going to be mediocre, and it's going to be expensive. Exactly. And the waiters are going to be rude hipsters that think they're better than you. Seriously. It's like you... you... Fuck change. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the old ways were best. The status quo. Defend the status quo. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm about. <laughs> yeah. It, I don't know, man. Keep things the same. Yeah. I mean, Cold Stone to me will always be amazing and great. So why did I play myself is my question. That's right. I can tell you live in the suburbs. Is that in a, I, I, Tell me more you about fight? what you mean. Yeah, exactly. You fight? <laughs> yeah. Yes, we do. You want to fight about it? You think we live in the city? No, we do not. And we don't want to. I like to listen to the city girls, but I'm not a city girl myself. But I'm also not like a like one for living out in like the the country, because I like to be within a five mile radius of a Nordstrom rack. Those are priorities. There we go. And I want street lights on my street. There we go. Now I'm in boxcar racer. Now this would be okay, just because then the thing is not going to poke me in the eye, but. City folk just don't understand. Exactly. I'll tell you about city folk. So many years ago, I lived in a house with like five other people by the University of Washington. And three or four of us knew each other uh, from like high school and stuff. We had like one of us moved out. And so we had to get uh, a roommate, just some random person from Craigslist. And she moved in with us. Like we didn't know her or anything. She just moved in. She was from Longview, Washington, which if you've yeah if you've ever if you know washington you know longview is is there a longview california because there's that green day song man probably they gave that city some hype Mm -hmm. yeah longview washington is very much like the girl i tweeted about today the (laughs) uh girl who wears fox racing uh with pink sweatpants bootcut pink sweatpants with like stepped on muddy cuffs from dragging you know uh, and stepping on with her dc shoes um, listens to Avenged Sevenfold in her dented up uh, uh, Pontiac Sunfire with McDonald's trash uh, in the passenger mm-hmm. seat. That's the kind of people you're going to find in Longview. She wasn't exactly like that, but she was kind of like that. Anyway, she went to the U- University of Washington also, and she came back from school one day. Her name was Talia, and she was like all huffy. My roommate was like, well, what's the matter, Talia? Why are you, you know, you, you seem like you're upset. And she's like, well... I was walking around campus and there were all these city folk protesting and, you know, telling us we should be vegetarian. We're like, oh, that sounds terrible. How, how did you know? And he, he's like, how did you know there were city folk? It's <laughs> like, well, you could just tell. Well, how, how do you, how can you tell someone's city folk? And she got all flustered and she said, I could just tell they'd never had their lives threatened by a wild bobcat. Girl. And by the way, a, a, a bobcat is like just slightly larger than 
this. Get her tail. Get her tail. Yeah, she likes to put her tail on us. So I don't think I don't think anybody has ever had their life threatened by a wild bobcat because bobcats are not very threatening. But, you know, what do I know? She's from Longview. I'm from Snohomish, which is pretty rednecky, but yeah. evidently not the bobcats like Longview. in Longview. If the people in Longview are, are the people in Longview, then the bobcats, ooh wee. Yeah. Cannot be cute. Because they know nothing about tractors, exactly. But you know, I feel like <laughs> can't, there's can't uh, bait a bait a hook. Can't bait a hook. Yeah, do you guys <laughs> that's right. Do you guys do you guys know that like country song can't can't bait a hook? It's like uh it's like some some guys talking about how some girl that he likes. Um, no, he's making fun of other guys. I, no. I, okay, okay, no. all right. You There's a girl that he likes, but she dissed him for some guy from the city who eats sushi and can't even bait a hook. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I get it. Yeah. He says that he can't fish, but he eats sushi. Oh, I didn't, yeah, well, you know. I just got that. Yeah. So, Yeah. I don't know, city folk. Oh, who needs city folk, right? Let's yeah. see if we have some questions. If you have questions for us, by the way, use the question widget at the bottom. Because uh, we won't see it if it's in the in the in the comments. Uh, does that imply the existence of city bobcats? There's probably so I would bet a lot of money that there are bobcats where we live, which is the suburbs, but close to the city. So um I don't know. I, I bet they're just good at hiding. We have coyotes here. Yeah, I mean... Remember when we saw a coyote in, like, Redmond or something? Yes. I mean, I feel like... I don't know. I, I feel Subsidized like, farmers only. Yeah, I feel the like farm we, uh, bill. I feel like we don't really have, like, a stray cat phenomenon like some other places. I feel like you don't really see stray cats around here. Is yeah, you me? don't. No, you don't. It's good. Where do you get your clothes? I need new gear because I've gotten a lot bigger recently. Well... I have the opposite problem. I am very small. This shirt is from Top Threads, which is my friend Randall's company. He also owns Live Fit. It's hard for me to find stuff that fits me that's not too big because I'm 5'11 and about 165, so I'm pretty uh, not a very large person, and it's hard for me to find stuff. This is a small, so I can't help you with that. It sounds like you just got swole. I thought there was wolves in Washington. There is wolves in Washington, but not here. Yeah, somewhere. Yeah. Somewhere like out. Oh, we just saw. We were just reading this book, and there were those uh, like coastal wolves that would like eat uh, clams and shit out of the water. When it, you oh. said this was from a yeah, book, we just saw. It, yeah, here's a good, here's oh, a I question don't. for you. I'm so proud of you for leaving AWS. How does it feel? So this oh, yeah. you you quit your job at yes. Amazon. What was it a month ago now? Yeah, um, April thirtieth was my last day, and today's today's May thirtieth. Holy shit! It's been a it's been full a month. month. Um, yeah, it's been great so far. Um, I have not thought about the old ways once. It just kind of it happened and it happened. And um, I feel definitely a lot less of a like a very strong burden, if that makes any sense. There's clearly still some pressure to succeed with this YouTube stuff. It's a little bit different. But um, overall, uh, I feel a lot less like impending doom of like stress. And that's been great so far. Um, I yeah, I feel like not having that experience, I would not have been able to um, start doing this YouTube work as, as quickly as I could have. So and you've been making two videos a week now pretty consistently. Pretty consistently, yeah. So I want to keep doing that. And I want to, and I'm still thinking of like all those little scenarios of like, you know, packing it in the, the back of my mind for any future job interviews. God forbid. But 
Um, I think it's been going great so far. And um, I actually ran into a coworker of mine, like a previous coworker of mine, uh, randomly when we went to get coffee. And that was the first time I had seen people that I used to work with. And, um, you know, it was just kind of funny. Like, it's pretty crazy. But I do feel like not working in that kind of environment, I do feel like he's the only one I talk to nowadays. <laughs> Which is fine, and I'm okay with that, but I definitely feel like, uh, hopefully as my channel and my community grows too, that I can start to feel like I have coworkers in such a way, you know, that, that it works on the internet. So, it's been good. Now you can learn all about tractors, so nobody thinks you're a city folk. I don't think people think I'm a city folk, and I think they will be scared shitless if they see me on a fucking tractor. <laughs> They'll be like, oh, she's got the Rona gotta run away from her somebody just farted uh oh this is a oh, new the, the question widget is new like help turkey one. tom over yeah i don't know it's fine help turkey tom overcome his monster addiction turkey tom is a very good commentary youtuber that i talked to on twitter I, I guess he watches my videos which is cool because i wouldn't expect him uh to know who i am but he does i'll tell you what oh. i used to drink a lot of rock stars and monsters for years and i have been off of them for like i don't know three or four months now caffeine's no good get off of it if you can you 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 will be less tired if you quit caffeine not more the withdrawal will suck in the short term but after you quit it you'll be happy that you did and man, it also gets really expensive too like think about it. if you drink a couple of those a day that's like fucking a couple thousand dollars a year you're spending on fucking monsters and they have a lot of sugar in them too i know you yes. can get the sugar-free ones but still that's true how much do you like each other on God? <laughs> I love when people use the phrase. I was going to lie until you said on God, and now I have to tell the truth. No cap, sweetheart. That's right. No cap. I, I've never capped in my life. No cap. No cap. Huh. Now everyone's going to make a lot of horrible, embarrassing, unfunny jokes. <laughs> Here it comes. All right, Just you didn't answer the question. Watch it explode. You didn't answer the question. Uh, how much do you like each other on God? I don't like you. I love you. Oh, that's nice of you, sweetheart. I will try to say the same. Yeah. <laughs> Got any advice? See, here come the horrible hat comments. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry. Um, got any advice for a small town progressive going to a big city art school? I think you'll fit in just fine because everyone else is going to be just like you. Uh, sure. So I would say you don't have anything to worry about. But here's the thing. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. So I went to an art school that uh, a lot of people from all over the country go to because it was a pretty good school. It was in Cincinnati, which is not like the greatest place in the world. But University of Cincinnati was a very good school. A lot of people moved there from all over the country, and a lot of and and lots of them were flying the Midwest and stuff too. I thought it was really funny, kind of cute, but also kind of cringy. How like. Uh, no, I don't like Five Iron Frenzy. People always... This hat is a brand called Undefeated. I don't like Five Iron Frenzy. I do not listen to Christian Scott. <laughs> you should wear the, the hat that says Undefeated on it. I should. Um, anyway, so I went to this art school, and there was all these kids that started there. And so after your second year, you start doing internships. And they would... You know, we had a good program, so people would go to, like, New York and San Francisco and stuff for internships. I was a little bit older than everyone. I was 25 when I started. They were all... You know, they would come into these like fresh-faced, you know, 18-year-old Midwest kids, 
you know, uh, all bright eyed and bushy tailed and sweet and innocent and stuff. And then, uh, go off to their first internship in New York and like come back transformed into a fucking hipster. And it was hilarious and act like they were never the G rated, you know, Christian kid from Kentucky, uh, that we all remembered that they were six months ago, but nobody would call each other out on their bullshit because if I call you out, then you're going to call me out. So we all just pretended that we were all hipsters forever. Well, you went to, um, you went to a, a nutty school. I went to the Evergreen State College. Uh, and if you don't know what the Evergreen State College is, then just Google it and you'll find a plethora of Google uh, of uh, articles written about this school. It's probably one of the most like hippie-ish like schools you can think of, like no grades, no no majors, no like all um, like self-evaluation, uh, credit system, you know, kind of a thing, like totally the most like hippie thing you could possibly think of. And um, yeah, that was some real shit, you know. <laughs> but people didn't move to go to... People absolutely moved to they? go to everything. Okay. Absolutely. Um, okay. I feel like there definitely is that kind of culture in... It, the, the school is in Olympia, Washington, which uh, if you're familiar with the grunge um, phenomenon, while that was kind of the Seattle area that was kind of a thing in Olympia too. Like if you thought Seattle was like the epicenter for the grunge stuff, that was like the polished up version mm-hmm. of grunge. Olympias were like grunge and like um, fucking crust punks are, you know, it's like my girl indie stuff. Yeah, it's like a mini Portland. But anyway, um, yeah, no, people absolutely moved to go to Evergreen. I want to say that I have not looked at the statistics and I'm not super familiar, but I want to say that actually quite a decent amount of their tuition mm. uh, in their student base is actually uh, out of state. Imagine paying fucking out of state tuition to go to Evergreen. Yeah, but at least because Evergreen is such a cheap school on a overall basis, I bet even paying out of out of state tuition is not that bad. Uh, but I saw you get a horrible education, <laughs> so that'd be a waste of money. If there's any engineers watching, you'll get this. I read this question here. Have you heard of slash like the genre cloud punk? And I was excited because somebody, I thought somebody was asking about Cloudflare. And I was going to talk about how great Cloudflare is because I moved the DNS for all my sites over to that. And it works so better than GoDaddy, which is terrible. And if you do any kind of DNS, you should use Cloudflare, not GoDaddy. But you're asking about cloud punk, not Cloudflare. It is what it, I certainly I, not punk about uh, cloud infrastructure software companies. Right? <laughs> That's right. I guess it's EC two or S three or some shit, right? Yeah, it's what is it like? Cached? I don't know what the fuck. I, I I'm not going to do a good job of of wait, doing their what, elevator wait, pitch. Wait, no, but what is cloud punk though? Like for real? Oh, I have no idea. Oh shit! I only know Cloudflare. They make up genres every day. And then AWS's version is Cloudfront. That's right. Which sounds like a hardcore band. Yeah, it does. Or like a skinhead band but you know they're chilling relationships are hard how do you guys do it what do you think well they don't have to be hard you know i mean well yes i mean i don't want to be that person but it's like they're only hard if you're not with the right person and if you're not with the right person then you know what to do don't ever settle it is much easier than you think to well it's, it's hard to leave a situation that you're comfortable with but it's not worth it to be comfortable if it's hard if that makes any sense. So yes, relationships are hard. They are, you know, work and they require compromise sometimes. But, you know, I think if the hard stuff is like, you know, the minority of, of cases or, you know, you know, in your heart when something is worth it and when something is real or not. I think if you, you, a lot of people, they just stay in a relationship just because they want the security. 
then that's just not worth it. So how do we do it? I think we found the right, you know, people for each other where we, where it doesn't have to be hard. And whenever it does get hard, then you, we communicate and we don't let things fester and we don't let things, you know, linger on. Um, I will say this. We've been together for eight and a half years now and we have never raised our voices at each other ever. No, I don't think we're that kind of people, but at the same time, it's so easy to give yourself the excuse like, oh, well, I feel so strongly about X, Y, Z. That's There's never an excuse to treat someone that you supposedly care about like that. I think we're both good at so. de-escalating conflict. Like if we are, if one of us is upset about something or if we're, I don't want to say fighting because we don't fight, but you know, mm-hmm. if there's some issue we don't make it worse. I think we're both good at stepping back and doing and saying whatever we need to do to kind of bring things down. Yeah. I think because I don't, I don't care about being right. I just want to get along and be happy. Yeah. I think what we tend to do is like hold it in kind of like if we, like we'd rather sacrifice our own emotions, I think sometimes for the sake of peace, than um, then, you know, confront each other about it. At least sometimes that's how I feel. And the communication part is, I think, what really comes into to play there. Um, and being honest about it is more important. And um, if and and because we do, we don't let those things, you know, linger. And even though it may be um, scary to confront each other or to actually express how you truly feel about something, those compressed and um, uh, rep- repressed emotions will lead to the shouting matches and will lead to the you know the hard parts of the relationship so we address it we move forward and we we move on like it's a new day well said um in an alternative reality if you're not into being a youtuber talking about alternative and hardcore culture what other thing do you think you would do uh well i've said this before but i would Probably, uh, if I was to do it over again, I'd probably get a degree in computer science because that's the sort of thing I'm interested in. So I would probably be a software engineer or, you know, product manager or something along. I mean, I kind of am a product. I kind of am a product manager now at at my, you know, my real jobs. But yeah, I'd probably be an engineer, I think. What would you do if you were going to do it all over again? I'd probably say the same, which is (laughs) stupid. I never thought a lot about my future ever (laughs) um and i kind of wish i did um because when i was at aws like not in a technical role and in an administrative role a lot of times i would look at people who were the same age as i am and you know were much more educated and had better jobs and had more um esteemed jobs or more like you know lucrative or sexy kind of jobs and um, i'm like well shit like i i know i could be like this if I just studied the right things. Like, I think I do have a somewhat um, engineer-like mind uh, or like systematic kind of mind and detail-oriented kind of mind. I just don't do that kind of work. And had in an alternate reality, I could have studied the right things to be set up for the SDE or, you know, FEE or, um, you know, QA, I don't know, like kind of a role. It's just not reality, man. That ship has sailed. We're fucking losers. And you know, who yeah, and you know, just I just make YouTube videos. And, and, and you know, although it's easy to say, oh, you know, those people make good money, and you know, it's a um, attractive industry or whatever. I don't, but I even then, I still don't know that I would necessarily want to do it anyway. 
just because the the engineer shit is a grind. Have you made Finn watch Naruto yet, or I like to say Naruto? Mm-hmm. And does he love it? Are we Naruto fam? Well, you know the answer to this. Well, let's set the fucking record straight. Why don't you do it then? I watched Naruto in 2005 or six. Um, I watched it fan subs on my PSP. <laughs> I torrented the fan subs and watched them on my PSP. See, he's a real weeaboo here. Yes, that's how much of a cool person I was in 2005 or six. Very cool. Um, but I only I got into like the beginning of Shippuden, and then I. Think I just yeah, stopped watching it. Yeah, you you like to claim that you were the first and you like to do read, you know, or not read, uh watch the fan translations on your PSP, but you chickened out and you're being a little fucking pussy. Mm-hmm. He could not commit to finishing the series. And that is how you know that I'm a real Naruto fan and he's not. But I did finish it years later. After I gave you all of the fucking tea. All like, the lore. Yeah, exactly. Like you didn't have the stamina. Yeah, because there's too many goddamn flashbacks. They are necessary. They are necessary. I tell you. Too many flashbacks. No, they're necessary. I- also, you watch filler, and so that. Oh, like, I didn't know it was filler because I didn't you. look up. I didn't look up a filler list. But if you were a true Naruto fan, you would know exactly what is a filler and what's not. <laughs> Honey. <laughs> um. <laughs> all right. Let's see what's next here. By the way, if you guys have questions. Use the questions widget or else we won't see them. Uh, <laughs> I am looking here. What would you say about? What's that? Which this one? one? Uh, this one about? Oh. Uh, would you guys visit Puerto Rico? Cheers from PR. Sure, why not? I've heard about a lot of people, like, I guess Jake Paul lives there now. Um, lots of people. Right yeah, well, people are moving there because taxes. Because um, oh. they don't have. I guess they don't pay like federal income tax. I guess you you tell me, um, but apparently there's you know tax advantages and you know the big cities seem nice. So I think you can go live large there and save yourself a lot of money on taxes. So um, yeah, I would totally visit there. Why not? Yeah, I don't know much about Puerto Rico as a country itself, as opposed to like I feel like you know I know Puerto Rican people. Yeah, but I feel like that's definitely different than knowing like the the country. So. Um, maybe if you have some suggestions on what we would do or what we would like to do or, you know, what's kind of cool to do in Puerto Rico, then, hey, who knows, right? Yeah, maybe we should watch an episode of Island Life. There's the HGTV show Island Life where people move to islands. And do we have any Puerto Rico episodes? Probably. We should look. Oh. Or the Caribbean Life, that's what it is. Oh, yeah, I guess Puerto yeah. Rico is in the Caribbean, huh? Yes. Yeah, that would be cool. Uh, then right. we can be on that TV show. Does Finn say, I love what I do, so I've never worked a single day in my life? No. That's bullshit. Uh, I think this is this is a big misconception that people have about being a creator or an entrepreneur um, is that, you know, you're going to love every minute of every day. That's not true. It's going to be a fucking grind, too, just like any other job. Sometimes, not always. I'm not complaining or saying they don't like it, but, I mean, you do anything full time and there's going to be parts of it that you don't really like and it's like a grind and you just got to get through it anyway. And I think a lot of times like when I hear YouTubers or other people talk about like how stressed they are or whatever, it just kind of makes me feel like they've never had a real job or something because they don't understand this, that like work is work and it's not always going to be fun. 
Um, now that you've been doing this for a month full time, what do you think? I would say the while the content itself seems interesting and fun, and while I'd rather do that kind of work than you know stuff for AWS, no offense, but you have to have even more motivation actually to get whatever you need done. Nobody's going to no tell one, you what to do. Exactly. Cause no one, like you don't have a deliverable to a boss. Like your boss isn't like sending you emails like, Hey, do this or, you know, some other kind of rhythm of business calendar thing that would drive you to do something. Right. So you have to find the motivation to do anything yourself. And when you have a flexible schedule, it's tempting to be like, Oh, you know, well I have all of, you know, this other stuff to do. Let me push it to, you know, the 11th hour to get this done or to, you know, squeeze it in or, you know, do whatever. Like when it's flexible, it's actually, when you have a flexible schedule, it's actually harder to find the motivation, I think. So, um, please advise status. (laughs) That means hurry the fuck up. Yeah. So, um, you know, while I do enjoy, you know, the, the experiment of content creation at this at this stage, um, I try to still not get, you know, lost in the sauce as far as like, oh, I get to make videos about, you know, how much of a, yeah, how much of a hoe Bill Gates is, which is always fun, but, um, it still took, you know, an idea and time and effort to get that actual thing, you know, off to the races. Sometimes it's going to be a grind. That's just part of the deal. Yeah. Not a question, just sending all the love your guys' way. Both of your channels are great. Keep crushing Aww, it. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Here, do the thing. It was like like do we're <gasps> Yay! like a like like a MySpace profile picture. Only a little bit. I took Spanish for four years in high school and college, and I am very, very, very rusty, but I was okay at it. I was pretty good at it when I was actually in practice, but I'm not anymore. I know taco and burrito. Now you sound like the people who make racist jokes about your language. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I don't know any Spanish. I know very, like, very basic words, but that's it. Does Final Fantasy VII deserve to be the most famous of the Final Fantasy games? No. No, sure doesn't. I said that real quick. <laughs> no, you're right. Final Fantasy VII is very overrated. I mean, I get... The people have emotional attachment to it because probably a lot for a lot of people that was like their first JRPG. And, you know, if you were 12 when you played it, you know, back in the day, it was probably amazing. But it's not great. I mean, not the original. The um, the remake is pretty awesome, though. Right. You played you finished the first chapter or whatever it is. Yes. um, The remake is really good. I do enjoy it. And that and that was my first experience with playing the game because I'm not old. But um, I liked the game the first chapter but i don't but maybe this is my emotional attachment to final fantasy 10 but that is the best game in my opinion 10-2 caliber tv knows the score this is my controversial <laughs> hot take 10-2 is my favorite i do like 10-2 as well but because it's, so, is it's just... so silly and weird and you know but it got it, it gets serious like really 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 quickly it's true i remember do I have no? I had I I bought the uh, remaster the for the PS4, and I did try replaying. This guy's thirsty for 10. Riku. Mm-hmm. From uh, excuse me, I try I replayed the ten two, and I think once you get past like the fun stuff, it's like confronting you with like a lot of really heavy shit, and you're like, oh, okay. I just like the dress fears. Those are fun. Uh, let's see, what else do we have? 
Are you going to compete in jujitsu anytime? Uh, yeah, whenever. I don't pay attention to what all the tournaments and stuff are. I just have, uh, you know, my training partners tell me what's coming up. So uh, whenever they have something that they think I should do, I will do it. And I don't know, that'll probably be in a couple months or something, I would guess. But I don't know. We just had the first tournament in the Northwest was in Idaho like a couple weeks ago, but it got canceled. So I don't know what's going on. Let's talk about art school some more. I like I like talking about art school. Do you think that a fine art education is as useless as people say? Well, here's the thing with a fine art degree. It's not going to get you a job per se because nobody is going to list like a BFA as a a requirement for a job exactly mm -hmm. but it will give you four years to get better at what you do um the question to me is so i don't think it's worthless at all i think it's worth a lot and i you know i went to art school for two years three years before i transferred to business so it took me five years to finish but um so i think you'll learn a lot there but i would not pay like 50 or a hundred thousand dollars for that degree i think it'd be better for you to just be poor for four years, like work the absolute minimum amount of hours you can at Starbucks or something to pay the bills and be poor and spend every free moment honing your craft and be poor, I think you would get equally good, but come out of it with a lot less debt, I think. The other thing you need to do is build a network because you gotta have two things to be successful. You have to have good work and you have to, have, you have to know people and have a good network. So make sure you do both of those things. Art school can help a lot with the second one. If you have um, like a good alumni network or job placement or if you have um, like an internship program, that can help a lot. But if you're if it's like if you think spending 90 grand on an art school degree is going to get you a great job as an artist, especially fine art, that is not true. So. I would, cons you know, I, I, I am a believer in education, but a lot of those art schools are crazy expensive, which is nuts. It's like fucking 90 grand for an art degree. I don't think so. What do you think? I mean, I can't speak to this much because I did not pursue like an artistic kind of education. But um, I mean, what you say sounds right. I mean, it, maybe I'm a little bit ignorant in this case, but um, I don't know what kinds of jobs you would get as like an artist other than like a graphic designer. Yeah, that's it. Is that like really the only job that you could get with like an art school degree? Like you don't. Apply pretty much to fine arts like yeah right yeah you? exactly like exactly. You, just, you just paint and you right. sell your shit right exactly so, um it sounds like if if you want to be a graphic designer i'm not sure so sure that you really need a fine art degree um sounds like like you said a poor you know great work portfolio and in, in your network makes don't sense pay 90 grand for it yeah i mean i feel like again i think if you're going to be a graphic designer then you might as well just get your regular old bachelor of arts and something else and yeah. then you know and graphic design and graphic design, yeah, and then and then build up your profile, portfolio. Yeah, what I can understand. Uh, oh, here's a good one. What are your thoughts on the Fast and Furious movies? I knew you were gonna zoom to me. Because um, you love these movies. I wouldn't say that I love them though. They're not my favorite of the like. Well, you like bad them. movies, you know? Well, I wouldn't. Well, you like well, you like Triple X more, and I consider Triple X a part of they're, the same different movie. Yeah. Part of the Vin Diesel cinematic universe. Wait, is Vin Diesel in the Fast and Furious movies? Yes. Oh, wait, yes, he is. That's right. Oh, my God. Why am I... So oh, I was getting confused with The Rock, who was also in those movies. Oh, they had beef. Right. 
And I imagine that The Rock is the one that started it because while right. The Rock seems like a nice guy, nice enough guy, Vin Diesel seems like the most harmless person in the planet. So Raise your hand if you're a fan of the Vin Diesel cinematic universe. Yes, I am. I am. Um, what about the novels? The <laughs> What? Oh, I was just Joey likes, you know, in Star Wars, there's the whole extended universe with all the oh. novels and stuff. They should have Vin Diesel uh, cinematic universe uh, novels. I think his Facebook page is like kind it's of true. that version, which iconic. But um, I think, you know, Fast and Furious movies kind of fits that like shallow storyline, but enough to keep you kind of motivated to keep going through. And then, you know, cars go vroom, vroom and explosions go boom, boom. Like, I mean, I feel like so, you know, we actually watched that new Jason Statham movie. Mm, that's right. Yesterday. Wrath of Man. Yeah. Right? Mm. Which was not good. I did not it's like right. that movie. You know, those movies, it wasn't a Christopher Nolan movie, but it had no. that kind of like, I'm skipping this guy around. Ritchie. Yeah, okay. I don't know who he is, but like, uh, he, you know, they skipped around times and they, you know, it's just too much. Like, I am such a straightforward person. If, when it comes to movies, just play it out for me. No frills, no nothing. Except I don't for wanna... Naruto, where you're all about Again, the time like, skips. I, I said movies, but, um, and I'm also, I'm going to poke your eyes out right now. And for movies, this movie, no movies ever need to be two hours long. And if you're going to make this movie two hours long, then don't skip around and make me confused. Woman in the Window. We'll look for that. Woman in the Window. That sounds scary. I trust his taste. Okay. But uh, not good. That's all to say that the Fast and Furious movies, while there is some lore, and I'm not familiar with the lore, I just know that one of the characters is dead and everyone is like, no. Han. Han, that's right. Yeah. And I, I, again, see, I don't even really watch the movies. But he so. comes back. Oh, like Edo Tensei. <laughs> yeah, because he's from the director's original movie, uh, Better Luck Tomorrow, um, in like mm. 2001. See, this, there is There's a Mark. <laughs> I'm not joking. There is a Vin Diesel cinematic universe. <laughs> I'm not joking. It's real. <laughs> he seems like a very smart man who is good at movies. There's so. three different series tied together here, and there, there is lore. Is there a Wikipedia page about this that I can read? Uh, Wikia.fandoms.com. Yeah, but for Vin Diesel. I I hope so. Yeah. Hi, this is Chad Nicefield. And this is Justin Press. We're the host of Making Waves, the Shiprock Podcast, a part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. We're inviting you to sail away with us on an epic journey in musical enlightenment. Every week, we bring you only the best artists in rock music and discuss everything from the cruise to the stage to the saga of being a professional recording artist. We'll have lots of special guests along the way, so tune in every week. Your stateroom is available every Monday morning, so welcome aboard. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today, such as Liz Stokes of the Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. 
Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts. And new episodes come out every Monday. But first, I want to thank DistroKid for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. If you're not familiar, DistroKid is a digital music distribution service that musicians use to put their music into online stores and streaming services. So in plain language, if you have ever wondered how to get your music on iTunes, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube Music, Amazon, Deezer, Tidal, and many, many more, there's like dozens and dozens of different streaming services. DistroKid is the way to do it. It is super easy. I have used it to put my music on Spotify. It took me maybe five minutes to like set it up and upload everything. It's legitimately awesome. I am sincerely a fan of this company and their product. And for those of you who have asked, you can also upload your music to TikTok with DistroKid. And if you want a chance to get featured on DistroKid's Spotify playlists, You can do that by submitting a song through Spotlight and getting your fans to vote for you. You can also use Hyperfollow to get more Spotify followers. You can promote your new release as well as Spotify Canvas. That's where there's the video in the background in the player. And when you share it on Instagram, it shares that video too to make your Spotify release pop. And Spotify Canvas is available to all DistroKid artists. Like I said, as you can probably tell from this, like I am sincerely a fan of DistroKid. DistroKid can do everything I just talked about and so much more. So be sure to sign up with my link, which is in the show notes for this episode, to get 7% off your first year. That link is in the show notes of this episode or go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash the punk rock NBA. And thanks again to DistroKid for sponsoring this episode. Any advice for dealing with a roommate that seems to be using the pandemic lockdown as a pretext to stagnate milk being unemployed? Is it not my business if they keep up with the rent? Here's my take on this. Do not make this person's problems into your problems. Because if what you say is true about this person, which it probably is, there's definitely people doing that kind of stuff. What are you going to do? You know, it's not your job to save this person or you're not going to change their work ethic or, you know what I mean? All you're going to do is stress yourself out, piss yourself off, probably make this person even angrier for what? As long as they're paying the rent, I'd say stay out of it and try to find a new roommate. Like just, it's not your, you know, the only thing that will come out of this is you getting more frustrated is my opinion. What do you think? Yeah, I feel like on a general stance, yes. Like as long as this person is, keeping up with their end of the rent, not really your business. However, if they do start to dabble in something illegal, Mm. um, if they're, you know, doing some illegal means to keep, you know, milking the unemployment process or, you know, selling drugs or doing just something like, you know, shady on the side, uh, that's obviously not cool and um, grounds to to kick that person out for sure. But um, as long as they're doing something legal and they're just maybe doing something that maybe you don't agree with, morally or you know just kind of of like what like what are you doing not your business i would say get this person out of your life as soon as it's convenient right exactly and if they if they you know are shitty roommates then maybe you can kind of use that as the the opportunity to kick them out i guess but if they're just chilling and just kind of being weird about stuff like that eh. advice for taking criticism as a creator being able to jettison losers from your life is a crucial skill yes it is do it gracefully. Don't don't let them know that you did it. It's like the silent kill, you know, like in the uh, in the movies when they sneak up, you know, when they're like storming into the bad guy's 
compound or whatever and they just sneak up from behind and like snap their neck that's how you do it like uh like Lil Wayne says real G's move in silence like lasagna that's my favorite line yeah so don't make it a big deal don't tell this person you're a loser and I'm cutting you out of my life because then it'll make it dramatic and weird just silently kill them figuratively speaking, <laughs> silently eliminate them from your life and move on. And then by the time they realize what was happened, what's happened, you know, you're there in the rear view mirror. Uh, anyway, advice for taking criticism as a creative. What? Oh, I thought you were addressing this question. No, no, no. Oh. Advice for taking criticism as a creative, differentiating constructive criticism versus someone being a troll. Well, as somebody who gets hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of critical comments per day, <laughs> That fall into both of these categories. He does a lot for you guys. Yes, I do. Am I am I asking for a medal for taking for falling on this sword on behalf of all of you? I'm not asking for it, but if you want to give me one, I'll take it. I will accept your medal. Um, here's the thing: someone can be a a troll, but still right. There there have been things that people said you know, just where they were trying to piss me off or hurt my feelings or get a reaction out of me where they were trolling, but they were also right. And I think the real ninja move is to be able to recognize those situations where the haters are right. Uh, and you don't want to admit that it's true, but that's oftentimes when you will learn the most. Uh, I just did an interview with Mod Sun and he said it very well. You will always learn more from a criticism than a compliment. So I would listen to everybody, even the trolls. They might be right, and they might not be right, um, but they might be. So listen to everybody and take it seriously, even if it pisses you off and even if you don't want to hear it. I think you should take all criticism seriously. Do you have anything to add? Well, I'd say that if someone is uh, being constructive, I would say that that's not trolling. Right. And I and I think it's important to, like, when you read something that you start to find yourself not agreeing with or, like, kind of taking it in a negative way, like, that you step back. And you really evaluate and like actually physically like take a deep breath. Like, am I mm -hmm. getting really riled up over something that I'm personally taking as an attack? Or is this actually someone trying to understand like the intent? Like if you kind of read it out loud or if like you think like, how would I say this in my head? Like, because I have kind of encountered some things kind of like that too, where it's like, okay, this person is giving some criticism and while maybe I don't agree with it or maybe it kind of starting to rile me up, I yeah. have to like take a deep breath and be like, is this a personal attack on me? No. Sometimes it is, sometimes, and those are easy to kind of dismiss. So I would say just be, it, it's it's easy to let yourself take things really personally when they really aren't. And so I think just, I would just add that. Not everything is a troll and not everything is criticism. Just train yourself into thinking that not everything is personal. Don't believe the people who give you compliments too. Don't believe everything they say either. Don't believe the haters or the or the fanboys. Well, I like to believe the compliments, but <laughs> that's just me. <laughs> Were you ever into professional wrestling? Yes, I was when I was like six. Um, <laughs> and then my dad was like, you know, that stuff's fake, right? And I was like, what? <laughs> no. Nani? <Yeah. laughs> and, then, and then even at six, I was like, wait a minute. They just punched and kicked each other in the face for like 10 minutes and they didn't even get a bloody nose. Fuck. It is fake. And that was the end of my interest You're in professional. You're supposed to go, like, pro wrestling style. Yeah. Like, I'm going to punch you. Ah! Like, <laughs> and then you slap your chest when you punch me in the face. Yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> yeah. 
But I do like Hogan Knows Best. We got to watch that. Yeah. We watched his Cribs episode recently. Question about wild. anxiety here. Um, you did not use the – If please, if you have a question, use the question widget But to make sure I see it. But I want to make sure to answer this one. I'm pretty sure I'm dealing with anxiety uh, and I'm currently on Zoloft. How has your anxiety been lately? Um, my anxiety is way better since I got off of caffeine. I know this sounds really obvious, but, I mean, you could – you can attest to that. Like mm -hmm. six months ago, it was way, 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 way worse. I have like almost mm -hmm. zero anxiety now. Yeah. Get off caffeine. That is my first suggestion. Um, it's going to suck for a couple days probably, but get off caffeine. It makes anxiety way fucking worse. Yeah. Have you ever been in an MLM scheme? No, I haven't. But we go to uh, Barnes & Noble <laughs> almost every Friday. And one of my favorite things is what? MLM schemes? At Barnes and Noble. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When when the uh, ski when the scammer is courting their prey. <laughs> right. When the like you see some kind of you know kind of weird thirty five year old guy like sitting at a table with some wide eyed like twenty two year old kid who's like you know it's like so. Uh, you yeah, know, they kind of look like they're being like held hostage. Like I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, and so like, have you ever? Uh, would you ever be interested in owning your own business? Because, you know, I, I, I've been financially independent for several years now. And, and and the kicker, too, is that we go to Barnes & Noble at like 7 p.m. On a Friday. On yeah. Fridays. So that is absolutely not an appropriate time for so a Pitching anybody on for anything. For a business deal yeah. ever. Yeah, exactly. So that tells you something about these MLM scammers. It's either that or um, the other thing that I think is funny to see is um, these like Christian men's Bible study groups, mm -hmm. which I'm convinced that these guys are gay and it's Using just, it cover? yes. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, they won't admit it to either themselves or their families or whatever mm -hmm. that this is like, Oh no, no, no. I'm just all those like cute guys, my age, we're just going to go read the Bible, mom. There's nothing to, nothing to see <laughs> here, <laughs> which, yeah. you know, I mean, that's fine. I, I just feel bad for if that's the case. I just feel bad for them that they, you know, feel like they have to hide it. Yeah. I almost was in a MLM scheme. Oh, really? Or not almost. I mean, that's a little bit of a lie. So an exaggeration. So I did a job interview with like a marketing firm. Oh, that's right. That I just didn't. It just I got. It wasn't kind, clear. Yeah, I got kind of far down the like I had. It was just a kind of an overall weird process and. um at the end of it, I, I ended up turning it down. And then I did a another interview for a marketing firm because I was trying to find like an actual marketing like yeah. agency kind of a, a, a job. And when, you know, completely different company, you know, well, seemingly different. And I walk in and it's the same lady that interviewed me for the previous job that I was like really awkward at and like turned down because I thought it might have been as like some kind of a scam. And I was like, holy fuck. It is the same goddamn woman. I was like, and she was like, mm -mm. and I was like, I need to get out of here. Bum, bum. Yeah, exactly. I was like, oh my fucking god, this is so awkward. I want to die right now. So, um, I think the same thing happened with that one too, which is that they offered me the job, and I was like, eh, eh. Nope. and then I got my job at Amazon, which, whew, thank the Lord, different kind of scam. But <laughs> man, that was awkward as fuck. Two questions here. One person said, opinion on SARMs. My opinion is, do not put that shit in your body. Because you don't even know what, what you're something? taking. It's 
selective androgen receptor molecules. It's basically like designer steroids, essentially. Do not take that shit because you don't know what you're actually taking. Go look this up. People have done reports on this. They've analyzed all these different black market SARMs. You don't, they're all over the place as far as like purity and what's actually in them and stuff. Don't take that shit because you don't even know what it is, let alone what the side effects of all this stuff also, are. That name sounds like really scary. Yeah, I mean, it sounds these, like harm. Yeah, don't don't take that shit. It's dangerous and stupid, and you'll fuck up your hormones. Anybody that says that stuff is not suppressive is full of shit. Mm. Every drug has side effects. If it if it works, it has. Here's a rule with any kind of supplement regarding like athletic supplements if it works it's not legal (laughs) if it's legal it doesn't work and if it works it has side effects so i would say don't take any of that shit anyway um question for uh question here finn knowing a ton about bands and styles have you ever tried to become a musician do you play any instrument what kind of music would you like to do if so i get this question a lot uh, I have played guitar forever since like 1999 or 1989. I don't really play anymore, but I played for a very long time. I can play drums okay. Uh, I can mix and master and all that stuff. I'm not a very good engineer, but I can get the job done. Uh, and I have been part of companies that teach music production for the past eight years. So I actually do know quite a bit about how to make music. We work with all the best like rock and metal producers in the world pretty much uh on nail the mix if you're familiar with that we've had you know artists like we've had fallout boy um bring me the horizon mashuga periphery gojira um opeth uh fuck um architects i mean and their producers we've had everybody on there so i know a lot about making music much more than i ever intended to 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 know um but i don't really want it's just i don't have any desire to make music anymore just because it's time consuming it's cool i'd rather i'd rather help other people make their music than do it myself at this point in my life but if i was half my age i'd probably be an emo rapper of course of course <laughs> what what would you get here blessed um or you know what do they get too tired or like i, I don't even, i can't read any know. of them um <laughs> i would probably get risk averse ironic yeah <laughs> Um, so what would you, what would your face tattoo be? Pretty. No. Yes. Gotta fake it till you make it. Pretty, pretty bitch. Yep. Pretty on my right side, bitch on the left side. Yeah, there you go. There we go. That's what we're talking about. And then you can do a song with light skin Keisha. Yes, bitch. Uh, Let's see. Are you looking forward to a new Avenged Sevenfold album with punk legend Brooks Wackerman on drums? I look forward Girl, to... Girl, where have you been? Yeah, he. well, yeah, he's been in the band for, like, what, like... They do have an album six with Brooks Wackerman yeah. on drums. And he's been in the band for, like, six years or something now, right? <gasps> Time has passed by way too quickly. It's been about that long, right? Since I mean, Aaron I can't left. remember... Yeah, I can't remember the exact timeline. But Five, yeah, six I mean, years, something like that. He's been in the band for a while. I'm interested in anything. I, I tell you what, I would just watch Brooks Wackerman play drums. I don't even need him to be in a band. Um, he's that good. Uh, I would like to see an Avenged Sevenfold album that is more punk oriented because they do have him. And be cool. Zach, and Zachy has always been more on the punk side and they're from, you know uh huntington beach you know so i'd like to hear they do have those elements in their in their music i think just naturally but i want to see a more uh more thematic 
thing. But however, their their album that does have Brooks Wackerman on it, the stage is actually one of the most progressive albums that they have ever done. Bring Fedora cool. metal mat Fedora metal back. That's what we need more of. Fedora metal. <laughs> You well, remember the tell, events? Tell Johnny to tell Sinister Gates to put that shit back That's on. That's right. He's got I, good hair now, so well, he's I, always had good hair. But I know you hate it when I bring this up. But remember the Death Bat Fedora era <laughs> of Avenged Sevenfold. It's not Death Bat Fedora. It's just regular fedoras. The fuck you're talking about? <laughs> the pinstripe fedora era. Exactly. Of, of Avenged Sevenfold. You know, mistakes were made. Yeah, but they looked cool still. And. They, I guarantee you, if you ask them, they would, they'd be like, no, nah, I don't think that's corny. I don't like that was cool. I don't give a fuck. Because see, the, see, the crazy thing is that they were like twenty five when they were doing that. It's true. Isn't that wild? Could you ever imagine a twenty five year old doing that? Here is a good question. A few questions here, but same person. Uh, why in the year twenty twenty one do you guys think that the topic of mental health is still so damn taboo? Are we making any headway in the battle against the stigma of mental health? Love you guys. Um, well, uh, I would say, yes, we have made a lot of progress there. Because, um, I mean, I remember like when I was a kid, anybody that took antidepressants or any kind of psychiatric medication was crazy. You know, that's how they were seen back then. Like, oh, she takes antidepressants. Ooh, geez, she's crazy. That was like a big deal then, um, and now it's not at all, or maybe it is a little bit, but not like it used to be. So I think we've made um, Ligma or Sugma. Um, I don't get that joke. And Bofa. I don't get that joke. What? And Bofa. Oh, is that like one of those things? Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah, yeah, so. That's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> so I think we've made a lot of progress, but, you know, my family would probably be a little bit more open about those those things than yours would, I would guess. So yes and no. What yeah. what what do you think? Um, based on my observation of just things overall, I feel like, like you said, there is some progress I think made just because you see so many more news outlets and like media and just with social media happening, we hear about it more. Um, but I think it's almost gone to the opposite extreme mm-hmm. where people romanticize and maybe are a little bit too fragile to be blunt like oh i need to take a mental health day right and, and like, right and, and and try and i'd have to take those days too like i'm not trying to say like you need to toughen up and blah 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 i don't necessarily think that because there is a t- you have i don't know i feel like there has to be balance um tell your dad he can take bofa Sorry, said my dad caps on me for taking anxiety medication. <laughs> shit is whack. Yeah. So you can tell your dad exactly. to take Bofa. Right. I mean, it's like, you know, it's all about balance, right? If before it was like, oh, you're crazy for taking, you know, antidepressants, that's not right. But it's also yeah. not right to be like, oh, I need to be sheltered at all times and have right. my feelings be considered in every single situation. That's because that's just not reality. Right. Because I'm sensitive or, or and not to say that you're sensitive, but that you have mental health. Well, it's okay. First of all, if you're sensitive about things, that doesn't mean you have mental health issues right and that that diminishes the people who do have truly mental health issues and that doesn't actually help the cause it's about the balance of understanding when people actually experience these things and being graceful about it as opposed to telling them to harden up or like 
or cave into their emotions too much. The world just doesn't revolve around you. And, you know, if you have to take medications to get right, take your medications. And if you want to tough it out, tough it out. Like, But it's I your think, responsibility to deal with it either way. Right. And, and it's important to communicate um, those things too, right? Like, I have fortunately, at least my previous boss, we, her, her and I were friends and we both experience, you know, I don't personally have anything diagnosed myself, but I mean, you know, we all have bad days sometimes and, you know, sometimes I'm like, sorry, like I, I'm like, you know, yes, I'll do this, but hey, you know, I'm having a pretty bad day today. Like we're pretty, we're very transparent about this stuff or, you know, you and I, like we're both at work, we're having a bad day or whatever. It's all about open communication and just understanding balance and just not like, just acknowledging that the world doesn't revolve around us. We can have our moment. Let's have our moment. Move on. Yeah, I'll have a boomer moment here. Um, but I will say I think that's a really good point. And, like, it's definitely good that we are more uh, understanding of, you know, people with mental health issues and stuff. But the sort to of – To just say, like, oh, just go cry in your corner all yeah, day. Yeah, and, the, and like, the flip that's side – That's not the right solution either. The flip side of that is that now there's – like, we give people a fucking pat on the back for adulting. Right, participation Like, awards. what is the fucking book we saw at Barnes & Noble the other day where it's, like – a bunch of stickers that you give yourself for adulting. Oh, right, adulting. yeah, it was, it was like, stickers for adulting. I answered the phone today. Oh, it was... Uh, and like, oh. look, if you have such debilitating anxiety or depression where actually answering the phone is difficult for you, I totally get that. Right, Some people fine, do. But, but for everyone else who just doesn't want to do it, like, fucking just grow right. up. Right. You know? It's like, you don't get a fucking medal for doing basic grown-up shit you know yeah, i i agree with that do you ever train at electric north jiu-jitsu in lake stevens with professor anderson no but i have trained at north shore jiu-jitsu in lake stevens a few times with jimmy dolan crazy specific yeah so i have trained in lake stevens but not there jaris johnson is making 2000s red state rock festival fashion cool again this is not a question but <laughs> I'm on board with it. You're right. He is. Factual statement. He did a uh, he did a live stream from Affliction headquarters the other day, like a live stream show. Legendary. Exactly. I he said he was going to do it, and he 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 did. When I when I did a podcast with him like a couple months ago, before he really kind of you know blew up the way he has now, I was like, dude, I was texting him before, and I was like, dude, you gotta like you gotta bring Affliction and Smet and stuff back, and he was like. Dude, I just I literally just spent like five hundred dollars on affliction gear. <laughs> Only five hundred? That's yeah, so that's like three shirts or something. Um Girl, but that shit is expensive. That's when I knew that he that's when I said, This is the guy that I want to bet on. The hustle is real. Exactly. He's got that that uh, Red State Rock Festival drip. What does your investment portfolio look like? Well, I don't do anything fancy. I invest in index funds and ETFs because um, What's an ETF again? An ETF is an exchange-traded fund. So, for example, there's one called the Vanguard Information Technology Fund that's like basically their tech fund. So okay. rather than investing – so the way that these things work is um, you can invest in individual companies if you want, uh, which is okay. But the problem is that's risky because maybe this company will have a really bad quarter or – the CEO will have a heart attack and drop dead, and all of a sudden the, the value of investment goes down 30% overnight for reasons that nobody could have projected. So what people have done instead is um, create funds that will, in, will uh, include multiple 
companies that are kind of along the same in the same industry or you know whatever somehow thematically the same so like that vanguard tech etf for example is a way that you can invest in like i don't know how many they have like 200 tech companies or something like that um under the same fund and so every dollar you put in there gets divided up among all those companies and so that way if any one of them uh you know does badly it doesn't really affect your investment overall so I mostly invest in those and index funds, which are similar to ETFs, um, because I am risk averse. I'm not trying to get rich overnight. Um, there, you know, there's people who will tell you that they got rich off Doge or whatever, you know, AMC or whatever their cool stock, and good for them. But there's a thousand other people who didn't get rich off of that, who lost all their money, and there you're never going to hear from them. So. Personally, this is not financial advice, but personally, I don't, you know, I think that's more like gambling. I think better to play it safe, put your money in index funds and ETFs and just don't touch it for years. That's how I think about it, um, you know, but you do what you want to do. Would you be down to host a VH1 reality show, Rock or Love Style? I was fucking born for that, baby. You'll be, um, what's the guy that does the reunion? Ricky Rackman. That's right. Yes. I was fucking put on this earth. Or are you going to be like the... Wait, is this supposed to mean that you're... Wait, are you trying to say that you want to be the... No. Prize possession? Host. But they don't have a host. Well, they need one. Just like The Bachelor has a host. This is... And we have to have like Real Housewives of of Warp Tour. Well, I mean, I feel like with the Of Love series, they have The Bachelor... They have the bachelorettes, and they usually have like a uh, a companion. Like yes. it's typically their bodyguard uh-huh. or something. But like the host just does the reunion, and that's like the boring part. I mean, I mean the the reunions are okay, but it's See, like the look. Tr- this is what they're saying: host like Ricky. Okay, thank you for clarifying. I would never be the prize on a show for one because I would not be a very good prize, so nobody would want to be on well, the show. You're a great prize, just not for <laughs> all these other bitches. Yeah, but I would love to. Yeah, exactly. Like. Scene Bachelor or Real Housewives of Warp Tour, I'm there. I was fucking born for this. I'm ready. <laughs> Just fax me the contract. It's got to be a fax because we're going to do this authentic. You know how like when they do... 2006 style? Exactly. You'll hear about like how they do Mad Men and like, oh, everything on the set has to be from the 60s. You know, even if the audience doesn't know, like we pay slavish attention to every detail because we believe that... You know, that's the only way the actors will be truly authentic. So that's what I'm going to do. You got to fax me. You can hit me up on my uh, on my sidekick. Everything, emo rap of love, exactly. Everything involving this show has to be authentic mid-2000s technology uh, and, and vintage everything for maximum authenticity. Vintage? Yes. Are you trying to tell me that 2006 is vintage? Yeah, I mean... Oh. Your brand new PlayStation Three oh. <laughs> that just came out, oh. which means that I'm still playing my PS2 because I don't buy those consoles on launch day. Exactly. See, buying a console in like the first year. Or so I'm sorry to all of you who bought a PS5, but you played yourselves. We were just having this discussion. Exactly. Mm-mm. There are no good games for the first like year or two of a console. So all you're going to do is pay top dollar for this piece of shit that has, like... The, remember the PS2 launch games, like, fucking Luminous and fucking The Bouncer? What? It's a, a, a terrible, forgotten Square game from back in the day. But 
do not buy a console until it's been out for a year or two until like the price drops and the yeah. the first good like AAA games start coming out. Yep. So if you bought a PS3 in 2006, you played yourself too. I waited until like 2010 to buy mine and I feel like that was the right time. And I'm still fuck and yes, I'm still fucking patting myself on the back for my genius timing of purchasing a PS3. Yes, I am still proud of that moment. Let me know when you're ready to... Let that one go? Oh, it'll be a while. Don't hold your fucking breath. No, I was going to say, just let me know when you're ready to buy me my PS5 for my Genshin Impact. As soon as... Oh, yeah. As soon as there's... It's true. Any, do any of you guys play Genshin Impact? And if so, how much money have you spent on it? That's what I want to know. Be honest. This is a safe space. I won't tell anybody how much you spent, but I want to know. Do you guys have shawarma or donor kebabs? Yes, we have both. Probably not as much if you're like German or something. Probably not as much as I understand that they have them in Germany or other places. But yes, we have both of those things. And shawarma, I don't know, kebabs, I'm okay. But shawarma, I love. What do you think? Uh, I like shawarma. Um, there's a donor kebab place in uh, South Lake Union. Hmm. Um, and it's like $18 for one? Well, no. Um, well, I actually never been there before. But I remember one of the security guards going there and like being like, oh, you can actually get a pretty good deal for these. So I actually hmm. think it was very affordable. It was in the old Tommy Bahama uh, oh, okay. building. But um, yeah, I like shawarma. Shawarma is really good. Um, but yeah. It's delicious. I mean, we, we never have med- Mediterranean food. Well, I don't know what to tell you. We always talk about that. <laughs> if only just there choose, was a way to change that. Just choose another question. <laughs> it's like the one food that like I think we both like but we never get. Yeah, it's true. I don't know why? Are you vegan or were you vegan in the past? I am not vegan now, but I was vegan back in the day, back in the 90s from like 93 or so to I don't know, 99 I think. Uh I was vegan. And I'm not vegan anymore, which is too bad because it's a lot easier to be vegan now than it was back then, especially if you want to be a junk food vegan. All you vegans out there, I feel like you guys like junk food more than fucking anybody else. What? Not is more up with- than me. No. Not they, more than me. They eat more junk food than you. Oh, really? You don't eat How junk food. How is that even possible? No, I actually don't eat too much no. junk food. I just Explain really yourselves, like vegans. It. Why do you guys eat so much motherfucking junk food when they're like... Think about this. Yeah, I thought vegans were supposed to be for vegetables. Right. You guys don't... Vegans hate vegetables. What? What? Were you... Little John, what? Okay, you were vegan, but did you burn down your local McDonald's poser? Um, <laughs> no, but I knew some people who did, and I will tell you this. Um, here's here's a funny story. Uh, Oreos are vegan. Well, they didn't used to be. Hydrox were vegan, but Oreos weren't. They may have changed well, Why would though. you want to eat something called Hydrox? I know. It's horrible. I only learned about it when I lived in Ohio. It's the worst name. So we went to a protest in Indiana for some fur store, um, and we were all vegan, Our, but we were losers, so we didn't have cars. We couldn't drive. But a friend of ours, who was a very nice guy, dro- who was not vegan, uh, drove us there, and he was like, you know, whatever, just tell me when you're done and went to just go like walk around. So because there was this big protest there, the cops were there and uh, basically said, you know, you can protest on the sidewalk because that's public property. But if you set foot on the store's property at all, that's trespassing and get arrested. And we all knew that. So we were very careful not to, you know, go off the sidewalk. But Brian didn't know that because he wasn't vegan. He didn't give a shit about the protests. 
So he was like, just let me know when you're done. He sat down on like the back <gasps> steps of the store or something. They instantly arrested him. And he was like, what? No, I'm, home, I'm right? not. Yeah. He was like, I'm not vegan. Like, I'm not. I don't know about this. I, <laughs> I don't, don't know care. Her. <laughs> yeah. And so out of everybody, he's the only one of us who got arrested. Damn. And he wasn't even there for the protest. And we, I lived in Cleveland. So we had to drive all the way back to um, Indianapolis to pay his to go to court and pay his fucking fine and stuff. And <laughs> Brian, I'm sorry about that. Took the fall for you guys. That's wow, right. That's I'm sorry. Crazy. Typical vegans. Fucking things up for everybody else. Yep, and it's always the non-vegans who are nice to the vegans. Exactly. Oh, no, no, no. Like, we can go here if you want. I mean, I can't eat anything, but it, it's fine. Don't worry about me. And they're like, all right, well, we're obviously not going to go here because the vegan can't eat. No, 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 it's fine. It's not fine. Explain yourselves, vegan. I, vegans, I don't see anything. Why do you guys eat so much goddamn junk food? And think about <laughs> this. <laughs> think about this. You eat your fucking fake chicken nuggets. Think about what it takes to turn a fucking soybean into a goddamn chicken nugget. Yeah, and, you guys think you're better than and all why would you're you eating that fucking pink meat shit. Right, this fucking pink slime made out of yep. soybeans formed into a fake chicken wing. Yep. Who do you think you are? Mm -hmm. I want answers. Mm-hmm. No answers. There are no answers in the chat. Then you guys have the Justice for Brian. And then you guys have the audacity to be passive aggressive. Oh, uh -uh. get up on your your high horse, you junk food vegans. Mm -mm. Not today. The amount of waste and emissions from a factory. Exactly. Not today. Ted Nugent was right. He's wrong about almost everything. <laughs> He's a horrible asshole, and I do not endorse him as a human. But sometimes he is right. He's right about that. Plays hollow body guitars though. That's a problem. Not okay. Yeah, that's the sign of a person you can't trust. Exactly. Um, oh, I know you have some thoughts on this. What? Y'all get into any niche hobbies during lockdown? Are we going to see a board game channel in the future? Why do I have something to say about this? Well, remember the board game. What board game? The the or the puzzle, the puzzle fad of early lockdown. Oh yes, those were always kind of fun back when things were a little more simpler. That's right. We bought a puzzle. Yeah, remember we, we did hop on that train. We didn't do the sourdough bread or or making our own bread and the whipped coffee or some shit. But like, right, you know, right. Um, niche hobbies. Yeah, I think. Uh, no, we pretty much kept it moving yeah. uh, when it came to lockdown. But we did get a puzzle, which that looking back, I mean, even then, like I was kind of like, why are we like hoarding toilet <laughs> it's paper? It's not like and, there's like, a buying flashlights and stuff. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And buying like water, like. No, like what? Like it's not like our like. Well, we I guess we. To be fair, I guess we didn't know how this would impact like yeah. the facilities and utilities, but flashlights. Still, yeah, it's not like uh, it's a storm. Yeah, right. I think that was a little extreme. In puzzles, it's like it's like we're not going back to the eighteen hundreds. I mean, might as well. But yeah, yeah. No. Um. What was the? Oh, we got a puzzle of the dogs playing dogs poker. Dogs playing poker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but remember this you remember when everyone was into baking you reminded me of this remember when uh when when people were into baking and there was oh, like, that lady with yes, the medium pose. yes there was everybody yeah organic <laughs> wheat or whatever the organic yeah. flour because so, i need it for my bread there's you and your bread bitch there was some like white subaru driving lady <laughs> who wrote this medium post saying Karen. Yeah, exactly. Her name was actually Karen, uh, uh, who wrote this medium uh, post basically saying, telling everyone, like, stop buying all the organic flour. And people were like, why? And she's like, because I want it. <laughs> like, she had no, just, she was just yeah, like, well, I like, yeah, no, she's like, well, I like baking and I, 
I can't buy it because everyone else is. So you should stop buying it so I can. And she is she got clowned, you know, thousands of shares and comments of this and deleted all her social media and stuff. Oh, and she got ran off the internet. I Karen, I hope that was a learning moment for you. This is this may have been the, the specific moment where you learned that the entire fucking universe does not revolve around your ass. And I hope that was a learning moment for you, Karen. Mm-hmm. Girl, bye. Karen. 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 Yeah. Does Finn's mom still yodel in the shower? No, because she's dead. But this is in reference to a song that the band Spaz wrote about her uh, when I was like 17 or something like that. They have a song called Finn's Mom Yodeling in the Bathtub. And one of the lines is, what's that sound? A scalded hound. Uh Dogs being, was it puppies being slaughtered by the pound? No, it's an eight-inch flexi of Finn's mom's faves. Yodeled in the bathtub while she bathes. And I was like, look, mom, they wrote a song about you. And she was like, I would never kill a dog. Why Why would they do, why would they write that? I would never do that. I'm like, mom, it's, it's art. Yeah, she's like, well, I don't, I don't get it. Which is, I'm. by the way, I should mention Without airing too much of her dirty laundry, my mom is not a fucking square. She, so I'm making it sound like she's some, you know, clueless boomer mom or something. Anybody watching this, I would bet a lot of money that she has done more foul, dirty, wild shit than probably all of you combined. Um, Yes, so she is not a square. She just didn't understand spaz. Finn's mom doesn't understand hardcore. But definitely not do a any square. Moms do? do any moms understand? I'm that? I'm the cool mom. I, I I understand hardcore. How do you guys feel about it? Is there anybody who says hardcore, or is it always hardcore? Like, is it oh, valid? Yeah. Is it valid hardcore? to um? Hardcore. Is it valid? Hardcore. Yeah. Hardcore, like TV or TV. What? Where did Netflix go wrong? Well, I don't think Netflix really did go wrong. Really, I mean, they have a lot of trash content, but yeah, you know, so does everything. We've been watching Selling Sunset. Let me tell you, a lot of these like popular Netflix shows are better than you think. Yeah, I think that solves the problem that I think you were talking about, which is that some of their original content can be a little bit iffy. Um, but if you just watch the trending stuff, because I do notice that a lot of the um, the trending stuff is like either the, the good originals yeah. or like the, you know, their, their production or whatever. But you just look at the, whatever is trending and that basically eliminates like a hundred percent, like 99% of the trash. Right? Like Bridgerton was great. Yeah. I watched it because Kim Kardashian watches it and she likes it. She says that she's watching it for the fourth time now. I watched which, it because Dee Murphy said it was good. Okay. Well, it doesn't matter what he says. Yeah. So she was like raving about it. So, uh, and and you know what I like I well what happened is I started watching it in the gym because I didn't know whether you would want to watch it and I got like a little into it and I was like I cannot understand a fucking word of what these people are saying and I have to like pause every like five like seconds to be like okay what did they just say like I have to like translate like word for word like what they're saying yeah but I think we got used to their accents and like the old speaking right lingos but even after like the second or third episode we're like can we i was we were like do we drop the subtitles we're like nah we're gonna keep them they actually do help to just understand the overall plot i think people are lying when they say that they actually understand like what they're actually saying without subtitles how could you do that old-timey english people like speak english damn it exactly 
That's what I, I don't say. know what language you're speaking, but I speak English, bro. That's right. It's not pronounced bottle water. <laughs> bottle <laughs> bottle of water, not bottle water. Bottle. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like you're choking on bottle something. Bottle water. No. I want to know your top two favorite songs from Light Skin Keisha. My favorite, I forget the name of it, was the one she did with Black Zack. Oh, okay. I don't know. Um, what is your She's favorite? She's a nasty little bitch. Yeah, yeah, that one. I don't remember yeah. that one. Uh, uh, On Red featuring uh, Cash Doll, and I can't remember. Well, there's two. Yeah, okay. Light Skin Keisha's great. Top artist. Uh, she's cute. I hope she's on Love and Hip Hop again. She's funny. I think she was a very good addition to that cast, so I hope that she... I hope that she's still... Uh, you know, isn't too big for the Love and Hip Hop cast now. Because <laughs> they stopped production, like, kind of in the middle, like, right in the middle of her season. So I don't know if they're picking back up with the same cast or not. I feel like she's not too big for it, right? I mean, I think people know the think, potential of that platform now. Yeah, I suppose that's true. All right. Well, we got time for a couple more before we wrap this up. Um, oh, this is so much fun. But yeah. All right. Well. No. Yeah, no. We should, we should wrap. Yeah. No, we should do a few more questions. Any advice for someone looking to go into the entertainment field such as streaming, music, or YouTube? Well, just do it. There is no real formal requirements for getting into any kind of creative field. You just have to be good enough to do the work, and you have to know the right people who will give you the chance, help you get your foot in the door. So the best thing you can do with anything creative like that is just start doing it. If you want to make music, just start making it. If you want to start streaming, just start streaming. Like, There's nobody that needs to give you permission there's nothing. Just start. Don't worry about gear. Start with whatever you have. If you suck at first and your gear is trash at first, that's okay. Um, I mean, I know you had st- you had talked about doing YouTube for a long time before you ever started actually doing it. Yeah. What advice would you have? I would say the same thing too. Although I had talked a lot about uh, doing it before, I am glad that I started doing it when I started doing it because I think I was like, I think, but I think YouTube specifically is different from a lot of the other um, categories because I think YouTube does require a little more, um, I don't know, just like a point of view and, and creating content like a long form video is a little harder, I think, in some ways, uh, different from, you know, music and stuff like that and um, streaming and stuff. But um, I mean, I started out, my early videos are on my iPhone, so I, I tried not to let the limitations of gear um, do that. But what I would also add on to your point too, to just doing it, you know, Nike style is that a lot of, I feel like nowadays, a lot of these platforms have, um, algorithms to, for discovery, mm-hmm. which makes it even easier now to just do it and, and not worry about gear or someone else putting you on or like right. whatever you, if you just put stuff out, there are, you know, things in place to, to, um, show your, your stuff to other people. And while it may be hard in the beginning, you ju- you just got to grind it out or, you know, do do all the things that he says to do to get people's attention. If the idea is that you're waiting for gear and stuff, I mean, I guess if you want to wait, then you can wait. But that's just more time that you're not putting yourself out there for the for that recommendation wheel to start spinning. So just get started. Uh, all right. Here's a question for you. This is more for your wife, but how big was this was the decision for you to go full time on YouTube? Did Finn help? How big was the decision for you? I mean, quitting my job at Amazon, which was a career that I had for six years and a very stable, like, you know, money wise and career wise, it was a big step to do 
the uh, YouTube thing full time just because on the one hand, I saw him do it. So I did know that it was possible. But at the same time, you just don't know until you do it. So it was a pretty big decision. However, I have always been a risk averse person too. I try to, you know, save money and try to do things that are risk averse in that I've never, I can I can I consider this move to be the biggest risk that I've ever taken in my life. So um, I have set things up in my life accordingly to the point where I never thought I would be taking risks in my life, but I am glad that I naturally have a more risk averse mind so that when I do take the risk that I did, it didn't really feel like it in reality. And he does help uh, in, in that um, I think watching you do your stuff has really helped me just like overall, but you do help me with the very small details that I think uh, help me to refine what I do. For instance, I ask you to, whenever I do like my thumbnails and stuff, I ask you what you think about it is because you know about that stuff better than I do. Or when we talk about ideas, you know, we bounce ideas off of each other all the time. Just because I feel like when we talk about our, when we come up with our topics, it's because we're talking about Yeah, it. but I should say that she has helped me brainstorm and develop my videos for years too. So um, in a way... Yeah, depending on the topic, I help more or less. Yeah, but, but you know, in a way you've been kind of helpful with those. So you've had practice for a long time yeah, by, by helping me. Right, and, and so I kind of use you as IT sometimes. Like if I... Because I know that you just have more experience with some of these programs that I'm using. So, you know, sometimes I ask you if you happen to know an answer, like how to do such and such on Premiere or how to do such on such, such and such on Photoshop. But um, I think overall, it's more just like observing. Finn did help in that I observe what you do and I kind of learn from osmosis in that way. Um, and, you know, you give good pointers like, oh, you should do X, Y, Z. I would have never thought to like set up um, my custom URL like right away when I did, like right when I hit like the 250 subscriber or whatever yeah. thing, I did it right away. As Whereas I would have never, like I wouldn't have guessed or or you knew the metrics to um, get monetized. They do send you emails and stuff like that once you get to that point. But because I already had the metric in mind when I first started, I knew what to march towards as opposed to marching towards something, not getting the immediate feedback and then being like, oh, I'm getting monetized. Okay. No, I knew exactly when and I knew exactly what to do to get to that point. So yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy that it's been a month now and uh, I hope it continues. So if you haven't, follow her, subscribe to her channel. Lin7x. Yep. L-I-N-H-7x. I will tag you in the comments here. Thank you, sweetheart. So everybody who's watching now, go follow her. If you don't. Thank you, sweetheart. And thank you very much for watching and hanging out. I'm going to start doing Twitch very soon. Um, just kind of waiting on some shit behind the scenes that I can't talk about. But I'm going to start doing that soon. So if you like uh, live streams, we'll, we'll do them together. I want so, to do it too. So. Yeah. So if you like this stuff, then stay tuned for when we start doing Twitch. And thank you. And we'll see you there. Bye-bye. All right, my friends, that does it for this episode of the podcast. If you made it this far, thank you. Thank you for listening. We sincerely appreciate each and every one of you. If you want to help the show, there's a couple things that you can do. First of all, share it on social media. If you share it, tag us, tag Finn McKenty, that's me, and tag Deanna Chapman, that's a producer. Second thing you can do, if you really, really, really love us and really want to support us, you can support us on Patreon. There's a link to that in the show notes. You can leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you're listening to this, or you can do none of that. And you can just sit at home, think about how awesome this podcast is. That works too. 
Again, thank you very much to each and every one of you for listening. We sincerely appreciate it, and we'll see you next time. I don't think it overstates things to say that the Beatles were the greatest gift to entertainment and culture of our time, a secular religion, if you will, with their universal appeal and demonstrable impact on people's lives. I'm Robert Rodriguez, host of Something About the Beatles. With every episode, I speak with historians, musicians, artists, and Beatle witnesses, all in the service of fresh insights into the most joyous cultural entity the world has ever known. I hope you'll join me and listen to Something About the Beatles, now at Evergreen, and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. What's the name of that podcast? That's Axe to Grind, uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little, a little taste of it, right down to the shaky microphone and all. And my name's Bob. And my name's Patrick. And usually we're joined by Tom. Tom's the best. Tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work. But we talk about decidedly not-so-grown-up things like... Hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like. So that could be the latest shows, uh, revisiting classic material, talking about the new classics... Um, all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that, that you either love, want to love, or hate. Yeah, imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that, that uh, has impacted your life uh, and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week. So triangulate your speakers. Think about jumping off the bed, singing along, dancing like an idiot and listen to Axe Grind Podcast.